welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week we push the little red button that causes our car to launch into the stratosphere as we struggle against the machinations of a psychotic woman who's been cybernetically enhanced. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last episode we released the uh, geriatric action it's uh, a superhero superhero heist. action heist film yeah. captain uh captain Ca- driver and the captain, courageous company how did i forget that well it's actually i'm very very glad that that came up because we came up with that name and obviously all the names we come up with is perfect yeah but marketing uh departments in the countries around the world that we released it in mm. decided that the name was a bit of a mouthful okay and similarly like uh films get rebranded when they go to different countries so the classic comedy Airplane is called Flying Flying High High. in Australia Um, there's a a comedy with Zac Efron and Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller which um I think it's called That Awkward Moment here in Australia. Yes. Which was, I don't even remember what the original name of the film is, but yeah. it was something much better. And I don't know why they renamed it here. Yeah, there was another Neighbours film. in uh, yeah. the US is called Bad Neighbours over here. Yeah. Anyway, around in countries around the world, they've just called it different things. So um, uh, in the UK, it's called Drivers 5. Yep. Um, uh, in um, in uh, Germany, it's, I mean, it translates, but it's um, too Captain Too Courageous. <laughs> Uh, so it's just, yeah, just around the world, lots and lots of different rebrandings of Captain Driver and the right. Courageous Company. You do realise this screws any hope of a sequel. I mean, there's a whole combination of numbers and letters in those different names. So if we try and do a sequel, yeah. how are they going to work? I mean, overseas? this is why we've come up with a very, very clearly thought out and perfect film title. And, and yep. then as soon as it goes around the world, uh. Uh, it, just, um, it just gets screwed over. Our, our opening weekend, though... Um. Yep. Uh. Just sk- skyrockets. Uh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I think we we broke. Um. The Spider Man's record. Yep. But it was like the 2001 Tobey Maguire <laughs> Spider Man record rather than the current record. But you know, the small it's record, a record is a record broken. That wasn't that broke a record. Great. And we broke something that broke a record. Doesn't matter if it's <laughs> Avengers and all of those ones have broken it a million times since. It still counts. <laughs> think of all the films that we've broken records on, though. Yeah. So. Um. You know, least successful box open, uh, box yeah. opening release. We've beaten that. We have. We definitely have. Yeah. I mean, we've we've beaten. You know, I think I think we're, we're averaging at least twenty third. I'd like to think it's got to be somewhere in there. <laughs> it's our, like- our opening weekend, and then like I mean, we February is like a notoriously bad month for movies as well. Yeah. Um. It's leading up to Oscar season. No one really wants to release anything good. Yeah. I, my birthday is in February, and I, I believe so as fine. is yours. Everyone's every four years. Yeah. Um. And uh, I always used to try and take my friends to the movies for the birth for the my birthday. Yeah. Um. And ended up watching garbage films because it's just sort of like I, I'm 12. I don't really want to be watching Black Hawk Down, but it's the only <laughs> thing that's out at the moment. So I guess that's what we're watching. That's a good point. Yeah. Because yeah. it's winter in the US, and no one wants to leave their house because it's free. Yeah freezing outside and it's just before the summer holiday blockbuster season yep, it's, yep. it's in a period where they don't want to like all it, the Oscar yeah. so yeah. It's, it's a really everyone goes into hibernation yeah so this is our time to capitalize really really we should be breaking all the february records that's right yeah. by putting up movies that people want to watch exactly all right on to this week in trailers and first trailer for you today is fast and furious presents hobbs and shaw directed by david lech leich leech one of those and starring Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham and Idris Elba. 
I'm dealing with the future of the planet. I'm the necessary shock to the system. I am human evolutionary change. Bulletproof. Superhuman. Who the hell are you? Bad guy. The mission has been compromised. We need help. Our target's name is Brixton. He's a ghost. We're gonna need the best trackers in the business. Luke Hobbs. I'm what you call an ice cold can of whoop ass. Career lawman. Always gets his guy. We're gonna need to operate outside the system. Deckard Shaw. I'm what you might call a champagne problem. Austin Furious presents. I, like those words came up in the trailer, and I'm like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah. And then when you realise that they've taken two auxiliary <laughs> characters from the Fast and <laughs> Furious universe and spun them off to yeah. be action bounty hunters, yeah, f- uh, chasing down a cybernetic Idris Elba, yeah, uh, that's that's what it means. That's yeah. absolutely. Have you have you like these films? Like as they stand now, are so far removed from the original Fast and Furious yeah. that. I mean, the original Fast and Furious was just street racing, yep. uh, drag races, so hotted up cars. I believe Paul Walker was an undercover cop yep. uh, investigating some sort of crime in, yep. at the street racing circuit. Yep. And it was grounded in reality oh, yeah. in a way where a cybernetically enhanced <laughs> Jason Statham. No, no, no Id- I Idris mean, Elba. Probably, uh, Idris Elba is cybernetically enhanced. Yep. Um, I-, I fell off <laughs> the Fast and Furious at around six. <laughs> You um, lasted that long, yeah. Uh, and I like I, they keep churning them out, yeah. And they make a lot of money, they do. Um, in a way where you pronounce the director's name as a leech, and I'm like, that's that's probably the correct pronunciation because <laughs> he's sucking money from everyone. <laughs> um, I actually quite liked the look of this trailer up until about halfway through. Yeah, it uh, had had this nice sort of um, uh, The Rock and Jason Statham. Um, hate each other. I imagine they're probably enemies. They've, at some they've point. got history in the previous films, yeah. I believe. I think and, number uh, six must have been the first one that The Rock was in, and that was the yeah. last one that I watched. Yep. Uh, and then I think Jason Statham comes along as the bad guy in other ones. Yep. And so, oh, we used to be enemies, and now we have to work together. Yep. We hate each other, but we're put in a situation where we have to team up. Yep. I quite liked. I quite liked their dynamic. I think they. Looked, yeah. uh, it looked like they had chemistry um, on screen. Yep. And it was going to work, and then it just devolved into this <laughs> CG action yeah. bullshit, and I just it lost me. Which I think follows the same kind of lines that the current or whatever the previous Fast and Furious film was does the same kind of thing. It's a lot of like heavy action, a lot of stuff shot in. Um, or sort of in camera, but also augmented really heavily yeah. with CGI. So just to explain, uh, Idris Elba basically um, comes out as this new cybernetically enhanced supervillain uh, and the world's governments slash authority, some organization basically says we need the two best trackers in the world, which turn out to be Hobbs and Shaw, uh, The Rock and Jason Statham, uh, who need to then team up to go chase him down. It's a classic buddy You're, you're buddy doing cop. the plot way too much justice. You're, you're, I know. You're like saying, we've kind of thought about this where they haven't. They've no. just gone, we want to do action yeah. and we want to make it no, stupid. No, we, we want to do a buddy cop. Uh, it is, it is a, a yeah. And it's like, these two hate each other and there's no 
there's no like um you remember those old body cop films it was always like here's the one that it adheres to the rules and here's the one that breaks them all and they don't get along what happens when they both break the rules what if they're just he both, breaks yeah. the rules in different ways yeah they <laughs> the way that i break the rules and i'm not happy with that but that's part of it like and the action sequences kind of reflect that they kind of have their own ways of dealing with whatever comes up to it and they sort of compete at the same time while they're doing all these ridiculous things to take on the bad guys uh so as you'd somewhat expect this also came out during the Super Bowl, as yes. like uh, this was the the Super yep. Bowl trailer came and out it, today. Uh, yeah, this is the kind of like escalation that sort of happens in Super Bowls trailers and ads for yeah. years and years. It has to be yep. more wild and matching. They do a thing in this one, which I think we talked about a little bit uh, a while ago, where they do a weird bleeping of the swear words. Yeah, where it's like um, they're both sort of like uh, behind the paint at the two way mirror. Yeah, um, and they're trying to beat each other up and it's like not this asshole but instead of saying asshole the, the microphone sort of has static yeah. so you don't hear that word it's the in-universe censoring that sort of happens coincidentally yeah uh, and then a- uh, later on yeah. there uh Jason Statham's in an elevator that's rocketing down the side of the building and Dwayne, who jumped out of a window and is beating up a guy in midair, smashes the guy's head against the glass of the window and you see his mouth say fuck you, but because it's inside like the bulletproof glass, you don't actually hear the words. So it's like, no, I didn't really swear. You can't can't prove that I said those words, censors. This is, I don't know, this feels like a more classic form of censorship that you used to get in uh, films of the 80s and 90s where the character was just about to swear and then they cut to yeah. the thing happening. Um, you know, the classic, like, bad guy's about to get eviscerated or he's about to explode or something and then he just goes, Motherf- oh, and then it and just, then yeah, the explosion yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. And this feels like a return to that kind of, like, we know these films aren't for kids, but hopefully we'll just sneak it under sneak the it line anyway. Uh, so, yeah, going for that sort of very, very hard PG rating there <laughs> instead of the hard R. Um Anyway, yeah, that'll come out sometime later this year, and I'm assuming that another Fast and Furious film will immediately follow it. If they happen to have cars in them, then, you know, it might be fun. Uh, Anyway, go and see that whenever it comes out. Okay, second trailer for you today is Men in Black International, and not just the name of the trailer that I thought it was, it's actually the name of the film. Uh, (laughs) Because they do have the international I thought it was just like Men in Black international trailer, but it's not. It's Men in Black. If it was called Men in Black Red Band. Yeah, I've heard that before, Red Band trailer, (laughs) but no, apparently it's the actual film. Yeah, it's Men in Black colon international, and then there's the international trailer for it, so it's the Men in Black international international trailer. uh, Directed by F. Gary Gray and starring Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and Liam Neeson. Always remember, the universe has a way of leading you to where you're supposed to be at the moment you're supposed to be there. Let's do this. It took me 20 years to find you. How many people can say that? You are the best kept secret in the universe. And I found you. Which makes me perfect for this job. You really think a black suit is going to solve all your problems? Mm, no, but looks damn good on you. Oh snap! Oh snap! Oh snap! Oh snap! Oh snap! We are a rumor, recognizable only as déjà vu, and dismissed just as quickly. So we're back into. Uh, 
long-awaited sequel territory, I guess. Not, well, Men in Black 3 wasn't that long ago. Was the, it? No, um, but that uh, also f- like came out after a significant gap from Men in Black it 2. Did. Yeah, there was a, a big gap there, and they uh, did a time travel thing because Josh Brolin looked enough like young Tommy Lee Jones that's that right, they're like, yep. hey, that deserves making a film out of. Exactly. And to be fair, he looked a lot he like does, him too. He does, yeah. Um, and uh, they had to also replace Rip Torn, who played the sort of... I think he played Zed or Z, yeah. um, because a lot of real-life things happened to Rip Torn, and uh, he became less than hireable after that. Uh, and they replaced him with Emma Thompson in the third film. She reprises her role in this one, so it does suggest that this is actually a sequel to Men yeah, in Black 3, a but... great big reboot sweep like they seem to be doing with lots of other Yeah, things. exactly. It's one of Sony's favourite thing to just sort of clear the board and start again. <laughs> Hello, Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Start again. <laughs> Universe is over. What else can we do? Yeah, oh, exactly. no, we can still just draw the same squiggly lines. Exactly. Oh, well. uh, so no, I mean, at least according to this trailer, no Will Smith, no Tommy Lee Jones, no Josh Brolin either. But um, we do get uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson yes, from uh, Ragnarok. for Ragnarok, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not reprising their roles, but <laughs> no, hopefully reprising the chemistry no. that they had uh, yeah. together in that film because they were quite good yeah, um, as sort of uh, uh, characters that sort of played off one another. I, I enjoyed that uh, yeah. element of that film and this could be fun. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Hemsworth's kind of playing a similar Thorish kind of role here in that he's the kind of slightly stupid yeah. hero of the of the day. Well, I think we're introduced to him. He's like the best agent that we've ever had. And then it cuts to him. He's just asleep at his desk. He's yeah. like, oh, it's 9.30. Let's have lunch. Because like, I'm so good at my job that people don't... And so handsome that yeah. people don't tell me I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. So. It's almost a kind of role reversal because Tessa Thompson character uh, comes in as the new agent to the Men in Black. And she's like raring to go. She's all like action-packed and sort of ready to take on whatever's coming. And the person that she gets teamed with is sort of the complete opposite. Yeah. Uh, this film seems to go uh, and bring back a little bit of the fun that the yeah. first film definitely had and then sort of vanished from all, yeah. all of it once the third one rolled around. Um, but at the same time, it could be a really cheap, lazy cash-in. It could. I don't, and I don't really get a sense from the trailer of if it's going to be or not. Sometimes no, you do. No, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, and I th- we should probably mention it's called Men in Black International because this time it's in London. It is, yeah. Uh, and that's that's it. That's <laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> like, it really does feel quite a lot like we're making Men in Black 1, yeah. but in London. Yeah. So that's Which, a thing. Yeah. Uh, What's uh, different? Uh, Liam Neeson's voice <laughs> is doing the voiceovers? Emma Thompson doesn't need to fly to the US to shoot the scenes. She can do it right at home. But I think she's in the US. Oh, is she in she's the US? in the US okay. scene. Well, she's the head of the US one. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it could be fun, could not be. This is, I guess, what they call like a kind of a soft reboot where it still exists in the same in universe, universe but, but different characters. The styling has changed, the characters have changed, and so on and so forth. They want to sort of make a clean break with it. Uh, hopefully, it'll be fun because I do like the first Men in Black. It is quite a fun film. It is very fun. Uh, and I kind of miss those kind of films. And it still holds up. Like, go back and watch Men in Black 1. It's still fun. Yeah. It's still great. All right. Final trailer for this week's episode is Greta, directed by Neil Jordan and starring Chloe Grace Moretz and Isabel Huppert. Cupid? Old mother Huppert. Huppert. I have a bag that I found that I think belongs to Greta Hedag. Oh, bless your heart. Where did you find it? On the subway. Oh, would you like a cup of coffee? You've been so kind. I don't get many visitors here. I've been so lonely since my daughter left. Well, I could help you. 
My mom actually used to say, uh, I'm like chewing gum. I tend to stick around. Where are the candles? Uh, in the cabinet. I guess she's been finding bags around the city. I was hoping someone brings them back to her. And you did. Oh my god, it's her. Just let it ring. I saw the bags, Greta. And I never want to see you again. She's really freaking me out. This is a weird one. You can tell yeah. very early on there's going to be a mid-trailer twist yeah, you, where you, things go, go askew and then midway tell. through the trailer there's a twist where things go askew. You can just, there's something about the dialogue in the opening scenes that just doesn't feel sincere at all. It feels like uh, if you had to describe what a normal conversation between two people might like sound like, this might be what it is. Uh, so the basic premise here is that Chloe Grace Moritz uh, finds a handbag on a subway train, yep. opens it up, there's a driver's license inside it, and it belongs to this uh, elderly lady. Uh, yep. She's like maybe just past middle age. Yeah, the titular Greta. Uh, and uh, Greta's like, oh, thank you for bringing it. I, you know, can I do anything to uh, help you? Um, she's, uh, Chloe Grace Moritz is like, oh, yeah, sure, this is fine. I... I lost my mother. I thought there's something about they, they strike up a friendship. They so do like strike up a the mentor mentee kind of friendship. Yeah, sort of. Greta invite you know, like says, "Oh, do you want some coffee or something?" Sort of to say thank you, and they basically develop a a friendship and a they bond. They go see movies together. They walk around the park. It's yeah. all very sort of nice and cutesy very, in a way where I'm like, this could just be a remake of a like a nice French film. Yeah, but done about really like badly. A, yeah, uh, and then uh oh, it turns yeah. out that. Greta was a psychopath who deliberately leaves handbags in public locations to try and get people to return them to her so yeah, she can yeah. lure them in. Um, like, she's mentally yeah. unstable. She starts stalking Chloe Grace Moritz and yep. it all breaks down from there. Yeah. There's a lot of weird shots with like syringes and she's got yeah. like a syringe full of drugs that she puts people like uh, injects into people's necks. She has a shot where she fires a gun to an unseen location and then is filling a bucket up with blood. Yeah, it's, it, gets, uh, it, it gets really weird, but... Uh there's something odd about the dialogue in this film, uh, even in the bits that, like... Was supposed to be normal, yeah. Was supposed to be normal. Just, like, don't ring true at all. And then, like, Chloe Grace Moretz makes this whole, like, I don't want to see you again kind of thing once she discovers that uh, Greta is hiding all these, like, duplicate handbags around. And again, it just doesn't feel like... No, there's a bit of an overreaction. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a lonely elderly lady who, like doesn't know how to meet people yeah that's a bit weird but it's not enough to go psycho over yeah. so i feel like it's one of those films that like they had a concept and they had a tone in mind and then they're like how do we actually get it here logically and then they'll just like here's some dialogue that'll do um so the bits where you actually see greta acting in a rather psychopathic manner are you know kind of twisted and and scary-ish i guess you There's know kind of thrillery way in the trailer there where i think the there's a uh, Chloe Grace has complained to the police. Yeah. And there's a police lady who's interviewing is like, the one thing you don't know about Greta is... Yeah. And then they don't explain it. And I'm yeah. just like, I kind of want to know what the police woman was going to say, <laughs> but it would also <laughs> mean that I'd have to be interested enough to remember that I wanted to figure out what she was going to say in about three months' time when it comes out, <laughs> and then also sit through what I assume is going to be at least three quarters of the film before she says that one line of dialogue... <laughs> And it's just, it's just not enough to get no, me there. It's oh, not. well. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Could be fun. 
could not be. I, I did you get a, an odd, slightly supernatural tinge to this? Yeah, at any the, point? there's the one shot there where um, uh, Chloe Grace is in or CGM. I don't know what we can call her. Yeah, I'm gonna abbreviate it somehow. Otherwise, there'll be a long <laughs> sentence I have to say to explain <laughs> the abbreviation of her name. She's in the elevator, and the walls are actually sort of physically closing in. Yeah, on her. yeah. Um, and Which, there's this thing where uh, I don't know. There, there could be like a twist. My could, yeah. my thinking is like she's possessed by a demon and then if you kill her to get rid of her she, the demon then possesses you but so like it's weird that my brain has gone to that location because there's nothing in the trailer that suggests that there's definitely a supernatural overtone yeah. unlike um, Suspiria <laughs> like, where there's witches in a ballet school definitely yeah. but this has a bit of that vibe where it's yeah. like there could be witches in a ballet school or that could be the syringes being some kind of psychedelic it could, drug yeah. or something who that's knows? Sort of making her hallucinate but who knows who knows you might know once this film comes out or if you've watched the original French one that I, <laughs> Isaac postulated may exist but we never researched whether it does or not uh, as far as I'm aware, it's an original film. And as, that's as far as we're willing to be aware. <laughs> exactly. All right. Those are the three films for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go. Here we are. Do you like the new uh, branding that I've stuck up all over the walls? It is very nice new branding. <laughs> yeah. I love the new logo. Thank it you. feels very professional. Mm-hmm. I like I like the pointiness of the M's and the V's very much so. <laughs> all right, let's have a quick recap of this week's trailers. We have a spin-off of a big budget franchise where we've taken two characters out of context yep. and put them in together sure. more importantly a, a big budget franchise that has evolved from one thing to definitely yeah, another thing sure. over the years we also have a, another big budget franchise where they've kind of wiped the slate clean and tried to put a yeah. fresh spin on it with some new fresh faces yep and we have a uh, relationship between an older and a younger character psychological thriller. Mm, all right. I believe it's my turn it to is, choose yeah. for this episode. Uh, quite a nice little range of things there. Uh, you know what? We haven't done this for a little while. I think I want to do... I think I want to do Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I like uh, it. Another... You know, we haven't done a good action film for a it's, little while. The, I mean, I probably should have very much emphasised the fact it is a buddy cop film. Yeah. It's a buddy film... It's got your Butch Cassidy and Sundance yep. elements. It's yep. got some yep. uh, some lethal weapon, yep. like you know, I, I, it's it's playful I say Hooch, but like that's probably <laughs> I'm not sure out of uh, those two characters there, which one you would cast as the dog. But no, no, definitely, I, I like the relationship between the two characters. I like the action. Yep, and and the fact that you can just sort of pull two characters <laughs> out of an existing franchise and not even have to think about coming up with yeah. new ideas. I, yep. I like it. But I think what's important is that. We either we should take an existing franchise and evolve it first, and then spin off. Oh, from right. That okay. Point. Fair enough. So as I as we mentioned, Fast and the Furious started off as like a street racing, hotted up cars kind of undercover cop, very down to earth. And current Fast and the Furious is, is like driving Lamborghinis out of the side out of, of the skyscraper. Exactly. Yeah, like, yep. And somehow surviving. Just because you can. Who knows? Uh, so I think we need to do that to another franchise as well and then spin it off from All there. All right. Okay. So what's what's the franchise that's um, now we would probably say maybe in its infancy now? Yep. Oh, what's uh, what's current? What's what's good? Period history drama. 
okay right so what we you know, there's two, a whole bunch of them there's a bunch of them what's out the now? one the the two queens and they're both redhead and one's margot robbie and the other one's trisha Rogan. uh yeah uh it's not mary queen of scots because that's the other one no, no it is mary queen of scots no that's the oh yeah it is that one yeah, yeah. Oh, but there's another one. The, the there's the other one where there's the two people that the favorite. I think the it's favorite called. is that one. So yes. there's a whole bunch of um of that those period piece ones. What yep. we want to do is not take the queen, right? Yeah. We want those. We get to a point there where the auxiliary characters <laughs> are now being spun off into their own little series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So the history's forgotten heroes. Yep. Um, who are not royalty <laughs> because all of these ones at the moment seem to be focused on the people yep. who are immediately yep. surrounding the royal family. What about like servants? So sort of like the the servants of the Queen of England back in those days, uh, Queen Elizabeth the first, um, her servants and and caretakers and all that. We take. Oh, I two happen of those. to know. Yep. That Queen Elizabeth the first, mm-hmm. her tutor, mm-hmm. one of the people who taught her at a very young age, was a yep. man named Roger Ascham. Okay. That sounds that, good. That is a history fact. Great. For you, right. That's there. exactly what we need to base this in. Then. So character what, number one okay. sorted. <laughs> What did he do? What did he teach? Just like I, he was like one of the smartest people about, so he just taught her all about like all everything. Right. So you know what we do? We knew, it's the Indiana John, Jones analog. So he is if he's a tutor, then he would also know about archaeology. Archaeology, yeah, yep. okay. But there's not as much to dig up back then because it's way back in the past. Or was um, it? <laughs> or is there? <laughs> all right. I was about to bring time travel into this. Yeah. Um. Interesting. I like it. So he he's like the the history teacher yeah. who has like a, a side gig as an adventurer before yes. before like the nineteen twenties Howard Carter era side gig as well. Yeah, like and this is not like Professor Jones where they always know that he goes away on trips to do field research and stuff. So it's kind of known that he's a globe trooping, globe trotting rather uh, academic. His side uh, pursuit is completely unknown. Right. Okay. Not even is it the- on on. His Majesty's Secret Service. I think the king at that time would be Henry VIII. Yep. Are we uh, doing a James Bond review? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if he's going off on secret side missions yep. at behest of the, the monarchs. Yep. I think, yeah, you know what? I think let's do that. Let's okay, make him so, a secret so this agent is, as well. I mean, at the moment, we're just describing where the historical fiction yep. evolves to. And yep. we're going to rip the character of secret agent archaeologist Roger Ascham out of those films. <laughs> yeah. And he's in the, um, whatever the... Uh, I don't even know what the names are. So what's the, what's the name of the royal family back then? Uh, uh, are they the Tudors at that point? Right. Are they the? Sure, why not? Um, oh man, I don't know enough about English let, history. Let me call the academy. While you're there, can you scour English history for like another <laughs> obscure tutor of, at some point? Because I really. I can't. Christopher Marlowe. But it doesn't matter. We don't need a second. Yeah, we do. Like, this, like, you need full historical. Absolutely. Okay. Look up who Christopher Marlowe was. I think he's a contemporary playwright of Shakespeare who is at or around that time as well. Oh, I like this. I like the Shakespeare aspect. But it's not Shakespeare. It's got to be more obscure. Yep. And so I think Marlowe and Asham team up and I think they may like not have existed. They're within about 80 years of one another. Who's going to look it up in the history books? Apparently Christopher Marlowe greatly influenced William Shakespeare. There you go. And I think from my knowledge of Shakespearean love, he must have been around (laughs) at the same time that Elizabeth was around. That sounds great. Perfect. We've got two characters. This is what we do. We do the Da Vinci Code. We do a... a, So Christopher Marlowe's a writer, a playwright. Playwright. But also... Someone who's well versed in ancient documents. Oh right, okay. Teaming up, National with, Treasure Book of Secrets. Exactly, teaming up with the brawn, 
Elizabeth's tutor. What's his name again? Roger Asham. Roger Asham. The two of them do not get along. He's the academic. He's the... I can't say both. I mean, Christopher is the academic and Roger is the globe-trotting secret agent. Really? Because I would have put it the other way. Uh, is he not an industry teacher as well? They're both academics, well, but they're academics in subtly different ways, which exactly, causes conflict. Exactly. Exactly like uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, exactly. Both are action men. And they, they break just the do rules. things very differently. These guys don't break the rules, but they don't break the rules <laughs> in very different ways. <laughs> they I, break the rules, but they make sure it's peer-reviewed I first. I think what we do is Christopher Marlowe, who's the playwright, is imaginative, yep. and he makes stuff up. Yep. Um, whereas Roger Asham is very sort of history fact-based yep. kind of thing. Yep. Okay. And- so is uh, maybe like Christopher Marlowe is kind of like master of disguise as well, or is a fast talker. Oh, and, I like that. And yeah. can kind of like, you know, wheedle. And I'm sure. Wheedle I'm sure he, he cut his, his teeth through. actually on the stage. Probably. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and so, is it, this is a screwball comedy? I don't feel as though it should be. No, 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 no. It just needs to be like high octane action with those elements of comedy. You said master in of disguise. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, I'm, we're not going to get like a Yahoo serious style. Or who was? No, it was um, who was in that master of disguise film? Dana Car- Dana Carvey. Carvey. Yeah, no, we're not going to go down that road. But I'm just saying, like, more of a like quick talking. Uh, yep. Okay. Sort of like more able to sort of like worm his way through conversations and stuff so why have they been brought together what's the adventure that they have to go on so queen elizabeth i think she's the only one that's in on the knowledge that her tutor is actually a secret agent and uh, i think at this stage she's about 15 maybe yep. thereabouts her dad henry the eighth is still king of yep. all of britain yep so maybe king of the britain <laughs> so maybe this is like queen elizabeth this is the formation of like a supergroup. Right, like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, okay. So she begins the first. So the phrase "On Her Majesty's Secret Service" originated with Queen Elizabeth I when she was fifteen. This is the first one. This is the creation of like what would end up being MI6 later in. uh, So she actually plays quite a big role in this one. Not necessarily. I would say that she plays more of like the M role in the Bond films. Yeah, that's probably true. Like. uh, the same way that Emma Thompson shows up just to tell you, hey, <laughs> these characters exist in the same universe exactly, as yeah. the previous version, yeah. but uh, we didn't pay the full contract rights. Yeah, so exactly. she's, a, she's, there, she's a day player yeah. and she doesn't. Uh, she gets to introduce the world but yeah, not actually right. be part of the adventure. Exactly. So like the Judy Dench, the Bernard Shaw of the Bond films. In fact, that's maybe that's where like the M signature like or the M acronym comes from. It used to be HM, Her Majesty. Mm. Then it got shortened down for... Yeah. Speed purposes. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. Queen Elizabeth the first, who's not... Is she a queen at this point? Probably not. She, she would be the eldest daughter of Next in Henry? line yeah. to the throne? Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. So, she begins the Secret Service, which would become MI6 later on. Right, okay. So, sure. she first employs her tutor because she knows that he has certain abilities and skills that may yeah. come in useful on the various missions that she's going to send him on. And then she sort of... She knows Christopher Marlowe is a thing because obviously she's all up in pop culture of yep. the time. Yeah. And she knows that he is a... We've um, got the characters. We've got, we've got the, the idea of the adventure, but we yep. don't have the adventure. So now we need a good adventure to put him on. So what would be a good thing to happen at this sort of time period? Now, I'm just going back into? to Fast and Furious presents Ratchet and Clank or whatever they wanted to call it. <laughs> yep. Um, and there's just lots of explosions. Yep. 
are there stagecoaches back in this time that we can explore? Oh, absolutely. Are, are there... There's definitely crossbows. Lots of, like, Kerosene crossbows. For, like, torches and stuff. They've sure. got to be on a, a big ship, like, yeah. crossing crossing across from England to France. Oh, yeah, globetrotting. Uh, we yeah. want to take... Yeah, like M- MIB International. International, Take them exactly. out of England and put them somewhere else. Yes. Where could they go? Continental Europe. Okay, yep. Cool. So, um, yep, they go to the to the main European mainland. Where do, So, France first, I assume, because it's the yeah, closest. sure. And then they sort of make their way through. So, maybe they're chasing down a shadowy organization. Some, okay, let's say this. A threat has been put out onto Queen Elizabeth. Or maybe the threat's on Queen Elizabeth. Maybe it's the threat's on her dad. On her dad. And she's like, yeah. I'm, I'm the... You know, remember Inspector Gadget, how it yeah. was the daughter who Penny. always, yep. Penny was always more on the ball than yep. Gadget yep. was. I yep. think Queen Elizabeth is more on the ball yep. than Henry VIII is. I think we're also taking a little bit from another trailer that we saw and didn't talk about, which is Nancy Drew. We did. Yeah, uh, but, so- but, you know, let's, this is not about Nancy Drew. This no, is no, about no. Nancy Drew's friends going off and solving their own <laughs> mysteries. It's Nancy Drew presents Friend A and Friend B. Um, yeah, okay. So, like, there's a, there's a, a, a shadowy threat. So, maybe, like, a... A black envelope was delivered to Windsor Castle, uh, and black envelope is always the symbol of a particular shadowy... You know what other organization or person existed around this time, I think, is uh, uh, Vlad the Impaler? Oh. So we could go sort of go over to Romania and that sort of area, and there can be sort of like this very dark, Dracula-y kind of feel to it, possibly. Yeah, I love that. All right. We are getting very League of Extraordinary Gentlemen slash Van Helsing. Yeah, but they have superpowers. They do. This is different. This is like the... Action men of the eighteen what you sixteen fifties sixteen fifties there you go yeah. uh, all right great so yeah black envelope arrives they know it's the fifteen uh, fifty I don't know they know it's the mark of of the Vlad organization and maybe yeah. like it's Vlad with acronyms yeah so like it's the, VL the impalers or whatever they want to call the impalers them. Yeah, yeah great um and so Elizabeth is like worried and she's like right I have to do something about this decides to start the new organization mm. sends off. Uh, sends yeah. off her tutor Roger and for Asham some reason gets Chris, a playwright Christopher Marlowe, yeah. involved as well and sends them both into France where they must then journey to Romania to take or, on what is it called Wachowski oh, it's not called Wachowski but it's something like that W-A-C-H the, that area in the 1500s anyway it doesn't matter anyway doesn't matter the H- historical research history history, history doesn't know history no. doesn't remember no one no. will check no well i mean what year is fast and the furious presents set in <laughs> well, who knows what what era do we get uh, who the knows? ability to cybernetically enhance idris elba <laughs> to be fair know. i'm pretty sure it was actually done about 10 years ago so probably yeah yeah <laughs> to, to idris elba to idris elba All of right, course cool. yeah um we should probably cast him then for something but anyway uh so what happens what 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 are we going to do they're going to travel to France. They're going to travel to Romania. Um, we need some good action set pieces now. Absolutely. Like, this is now. So, classic stagecoach. Stagecoach. There's the ship action sequences. Yep. Um, there's, like, I imagine uh, it being sort of very cliffs and rocks and, yep. like, abseiling. So, inst- we obviously <laughs> can't do the side of the um, the the skyscrapers like they tend to do in all the Fast and yeah, Furious. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But there's definitely sort of, like, some sort of rock avalanche and they're, yep. like, abseiling, running down the face of the yep. cliff to... We need... I think well, that's what we need. We need precursors to, like, modern 
extreme sports and gadgets. Um, are, you, are you going down the triple X route? Yeah, where it's just like, how do we get a snowboarding scene and a <laughs> grind skating and a parasurfing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a parkour yeah. all in the one? Oh, yeah. actually quite like if Christopher Marlowe was really good at parkour. Yeah. And he's got this sort of like uh, lithe sort of yeah, like- Yeah, because he's a dancer. Exactly. He's a and he's just guy. sort of like, you know, jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, you know how the, um, they, the sort of urban legend, oh, I don't even know if it's an urban legend, but the um, story of how golf was invented was like, the Scots were beheading people and then clubbing them into holes or something. Oh, clubbing right. their heads okay. into holes. I kind of want to do stuff like that as like, here's the origin of snowboarding and here's the origin of abseiling. Yeah. It's because these two action men of the 1450s or whatever yeah. it was just happened to invent it while they were trying it, to it, escape so from... So we have sort of deviated. This is now triple X. <laughs> this is medieval triple X. And I am still 100% on board with it. Yeah. I think, like, they, they definitely have to invent, like, the parachute at yeah, some yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we put in some sort of, like, catapult flying machine, yep. skydiving yep, suit yep. sort of thing. Absailing, um, snow, uh, like, skiing. Like, why not? Yeah, I, yeah I, absolutely. Too, I mean, skiing is just two pieces of wood attached to your feet. Exactly. So like, no, I think snowboarding's cooler now. Snow- so, actually, yeah. you know, you know, skiing is probably something that was around back then in some kind of capacity. So I'm sure it was. Snowboarding, definitely not. Yeah, like, absolutely. That has, yes, they definitely invented snowboarding. Um, I think that I think the opening like action sequence, like the first action sequence that they get involved in, is like they're riding a stagecoach, but somehow yep. like the. Um, the news of their journey to France and the fact that the Queen has started this uh, organization has filtered through the underground, and they right. know that they're coming. So, so, like, they've laid traps, and we can just yeah. do ac- action sequences at every yeah, major city absolutely. between France and yep. Bucharest, yep. or so wherever they, they happen to be. They going. get into the stagecoach, and um, the, it looks a bit sketchy, but they're like, "Okay, this is fine." Uh, they take off and then they suddenly realize that the driver is gone. Right. Okay. It's just like out of control. Oh, right. It becomes like a, like a, they, they are going too fast and potentially even too furious <laughs> down a rocky hill in a skate stagecoach that has no steering. Exactly. And for some reason in the back, there's just nothing but like kerosene oil. Yeah. So you know that when that hits something, it's going to explode. I like it. Uh, and I think, yeah, so that'll be the first action sequence. They're trying to like slow down the horses. They have to like climb out of the stagecoach because the doors are locked. Yeah. So they have to like climb out of the windows or like I think even better just punch the doors open or something something brutal and like right. yeah. uh, hardcore climb up onto the roof. Uh you've got um Christopher Marlowe kind of like doing deft acrobatic stunts to try and get a hold of the reins of the horses but the horses are gone they're out of yeah, control. Exactly. Um and I think yeah let's increase the stakes as well to make sure that that kerosene explodes. The driver who like leapt out at some point lit a fuse. Oh, the whole thing's on so fire. The whole thing's on fire. Oh, it's so on fire. It's, it's, it's speeding ready. down a hill. Yeah, yeah. The horses are out of control. They're yep. on the roof. Yep. Oh, it's fan- that. What a fantastic action yep. piece. I uh, love it. They they escape at the last minute, but of course the the cart goes off the cliff with the horses and explodes when yeah. it hits the bottom. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, and that's action sequence one. I look. With. I reckon this is just going to be. We just need to turn on like the X, X Games. Yep. Figure out origin stories of all of like the yep. the things yep. and just action like because that's all it does. Like it's just action sequence after action sequence yeah, after yeah. action sequence. We yep. can do whatever we want. Yeah. They're definitely like they're in a castle at some stage. Yep. Whatever action sequence is in a castle. Yep. Uh, they're going to get double crossed at some point. So maybe they meet up with a uh, international agent. Who, oh yeah. Um, says that the queen has contacted them. Oh, right. But then turns out they're a rogue agent or something, a double agent, and they get betrayed by them. Um, I think we need a good twist ending as well. 
I think I think so. Or at least like a twist end of Act Two kind of thing, and then Act Three is all about like getting revenge or fixing it. Um, as much as I'd love to throw Elizabeth under the bus at this point and say that she's actually um, a sleeper agent or something, I don't think that works. Oh, for no, no. What we, what we do is because if the the threat on is on Henry VIII's life, yep. Turns out Henry VIII is the head of the organization that put the threat out on his own life. Yep. In a way where he's trying to start a war between uh, mainland Europe and England. Oh. Uh, and so they uncover that his yep. his plot there. Yep. Or something. Who how knows? did Henry? How did Henry die? Did he? Uh, syphilis, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they all died of. He, like so, apparently, as a young man, was very fit and a real great sportsman. Yep. And then he became king and got so fat and bloated. Yep. And canker sores <laughs> and um God. like yeah uh. Not a particularly nice... Because right, I like the idea that these two agents, unbeknownst to Elizabeth, have to kill Henry. Oh. Because that's the twist at the end, right? He is the leader of this organization. And he is trying to start a huge war and they know that that's a bad thing. Mm. So they have to kill him uh, and then return back to Elizabeth and say, we failed, but now you're queen. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. I like it. Yeah. I like so it. they're just holding on to this secret... And that's how they become the secrets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's Wait, like an American. You know, you know what? You have to keep it a secret. Yep. We must be secret agents then. Yes, exactly. Before they were just agents. Yeah. Although I think James Bond is strictly speaking an intelligence officer. Uh, but yeah. Let's let's not split hairs. That's not. And also, I think he's part of the navy and not Commander Bond. A, yeah, he's a commander or something. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's how it needs to end. I think I think well, I think we're onto something here. We and really, are. to be fair, if people are paying attention to the plot by the end, we haven't done our jobs. <laughs> we if they're Those just sort of like <laughs> like just escalating action sequences yeah, yeah. to people there with their jaws yep. on the floor, yep. going, I didn't even think it was possible to yep. topple uh, a Romanian tower yeah. by causing a uh, a drawbridge to <laughs> spring up too quickly and pull out the keystone, which yep. we yep. put, you know. Uh, Vaseline in and charge an <laughs> elephant. I don't know, whatever the key action piece happens to be. It's all kerosene. Everything it's, is done with kerosene. <laughs> well, I think our historical research definitely suggests yeah. that that's exactly how the, the entire world operated on I kerosene. I genuinely want people to come out of this film and go, wow, I didn't realise that the concept of XYZ was invented at that time exactly. by those two. Absolutely. Hand grenades? Who knew that they were yeah. invented in 1450 by two secret agents where of the, the British government? where the phrase hoisted by my own petard <laughs> comes from because the a petard likes a a very rudimentary hand grenade yep. of the era. Um, I think the, the name just writes itself. It is Triple X Presents Ashton <laughs> and Marlow. Um, I know we started with a different sort of idea of what it was spinning off, but this is definitely a spin off of Triple X. Yeah, no one wants the rights to Triple X anymore, no. anyway, so I'm sure we could pick those up on the cheap. Does that mean we have to cast Vin Diesel? I mean, we have to cast Vin Diesel's great, 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 great grandfather. <laughs> He's going to appear in there somewhere. Who is just Vin Diesel? He would have to be, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe Vin Diesel can play Henry. Henry? Oh, Henry? The king. I was thinking more like like Vlad the Impaler or... Yeah, but Vlad the Impaler is Henry. Like, that's the twist. Oh, right. Okay, they're both the same person. They are. So there's this kind of like... People think that Vlad is this sort of mysterious figure that no one knows about. The twist at the end is it's actually Henry and he's set up this whole thing to spark a war between England and mainland Europe, the only flaw in that plan is that Elizabeth kind of 
yeah. sees this note and thinks that her dad's life is in danger yeah, but it's, by this Vlad the Impaler. But that, Vlad yeah. the Impaler is the same person. Um, All right, okay. So with Vin Diesel... <laughs> Vin Diesel as King Henry. Yeah. Uh, we need uh, we need someone to cast as uh, Christopher Marlowe and yep. someone as Roger Asham. As Roger Asham. Uh, so Christopher Marlowe, according to uh, the Academy's research, kind of looks... I mean, it kind of looks like me with long hair, to be honest, but... Um, Jack Whitehall? Jack Whitehall, the comedian? The comedian Jack Whitehall, he kind of looks a bit like... But I suppose so does, like, those f- pictures of... He, although Jack yeah. Whitehall looks like Rafe... Not Rafe Fiennes, <laughs> Joseph Fiennes, who yeah. played young... You know who he looks like? He looks like um, Michael Cera. He does a little bit. Um, we need someone who's a bit more athletic, a bit more... Um, yeah. Do we what? cast an athlete? We've had great success before in casting athletes. Never mind that it was a chess champion, but um, <laughs> that's an interesting, interesting. I don't name an athlete though. <laughs> so um, it becomes the next question. Ah, there there's you know Tom, uh, who was the uh, in, in sprinting. Yeah, um, he he won himself a medal. I did. In the yeah, in Olympic hurdles. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. No, like, actually, you know, I think we should go for two actors. I, I right. kind of want that witty banter, that sort of. Okay, yeah, I suppose action-y. that's true. And you can't get that out of like that, athletes most of the time. Yeah. Taron Egerton's just Ta- uh, Taron Egerton is good. He's he just good and he option. just put in a lot of training um, for the Robin Hood remake. Yep. where he spent ages and ages and ages learning how to run and jump and fire a bow. Yeah. So maybe we just sort of like that, that was such wasted potential in that it, film. So it at was. least we can put it to they good use. They put a lot of effort into like researching bow techniques and all this stuff. Yeah, I know. But he's he's got some fitness in there. I yeah. reckon. I reckon he'd yeah, be good. all right. Give him a wig. Give him a wig. Give him a bit of a goatee. Goatee. Yeah, he'll. Look I think fine. Roger Asham in my mind is probably a little bit older. He's yep. probably got a, a beard. It's going maybe yep. going a little bit grey. Yep. Um, so who, Ewan McGregor? Oh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, absolutely. I actually kind of think that Taron Egerton and Ewan McGregor dynamic would be quite good, of, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd see that film. <laughs> All right. That's fine. All right. And who's going to play Elizabeth? Uh, some young Just kid. Anyone. Like, yeah, I don't know. This don't is, know. this is the debut performance. We've like find anyone with red hair. Yep. I uh, there's a I watched uh, Mary Poppins Returns this weekend. Uh, there's a, a young girl in that who plays the daughter of George Banks, uh, the kid from the original Mary Poppins. All oh, right, is that who it She'll is? She'll be fine. Okay, she will do. Cool. Uh, she's got a nice crisp British accent. Uh, she'll fit right in. She, I think Done. she's a little bit younger than fifteen. Doesn't matter. We'll but they all look young meals. back then. Yeah. That's the that's just the time it was. Everyone just looked way younger than they actually were. <laughs> of course, we could yeah, could just cast someone who's older. But I like I like it. No, 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 whatever no, no, whatever her name is. But look, by the time we get into pre-production and shooting and and um, like you know, uh, writing. Well, I don't need to write a script, but no. all that kind of technical stuff. She'll be a little bit older. You know how it is with like these young actors. You you're like see them in a film you're like oh I wonder who they are and you go and check their Wikipedia page and then they're suddenly like 23 years old and you're like when did that happen <laughs> uh, that's alright I like it so Triple X presents Asherman Marlowe <laughs> um, perfect money in the bank done and I think that's a wrap I think you're right uh, so you may have noticed that we had a little bit of a hiatus there yeah um, and uh, while we do try and do an episode a week, we were off making an actual film. An actual film, um, yeah. One that's like, and, and we we sort of say, you know what, we can knock over our <laughs> full length uh, 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 Hollywood blockbuster in a week. We hand it off to directors and and like artists and actors, and they just do it in a week. 
Like, and uh, yeah, exactly. Turns but, out uh, we thought you know well, let's let's learn the craft. Let's learn how the other half lives. Let's make and and you know to be fair, we knocked out a film in three weeks. Yep. So. Uh, <laughs> It's 15 minutes. It is. Uh, and it took us three weeks to do. <laughs> Which is just an insane turnaround, really. Um, it will be available on our website. Uh, yep. It's, uh, I quite enjoyed it. YouTube channel, yep. Yeah, I wrote it um, uh, years years 13 ago. years ago with mm. a guy who turned out to be a mutual friend, which yep. was a, a bit strange, yep. um, and quite proud of what we put together. Yeah. Um, might be a little bit in-jokey. It was for a, for a residential college I used to live in, but I think it sort of stands on its own two feet. Yeah. So if you want to check out some of the stuff that we do that's not the podcast... <laughs> Then go have a look at the the film that uh, AJNA made together. So. Indeed. And along the lines of things that aren't the podcast, we actually have a live show coming up on the 27th of February. We really should start rehearsing for that, hey? We probably should, yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing a live improv show uh, as part of the Improv Theatre Sydney Sandpit show. Uh, and that will be on at the Chippendale Hotel, as I said, on the 26th. 7th of February, which is a Wednesday. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be doing probably a spin-off of this show, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Again, trying to trying to make up a film on the fly, but instead of just sort of discussing the plot, we'll be playing the characters as Indeed. they try and figure out what's going along yep. on the way. So and just like this podcast, it will be completely improvised on the spot. Yes. We do not plan this whatsoever. <laughs> uh, it shows. Yes, it does. Uh, so yes, if you're in Marrickville, New South Wales, Australia... At that time, come in and have a look um, and uh, enjoy our weird performances. Oh, look, if you, to be fair, if you've, if you've made it this far through this podcast, <laughs> then like, <laughs> doesn't matter if you enjoy it or not, so long as you sit through it, that's all we need. Indeed. Uh, regular housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net, where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, the brand new logo and branding. Yeah, nice work on the branding there, AJ. Thank it you. does look very schmick. Thank you very much. Uh, when I thought Movie Film Studios, I thought Trash Can. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the database of films that we've created on this podcast. Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where Isaac occasionally posts clues as to the trailers we've watched in yeah. upcoming episodes. To be fair, though, I do it when there's less than like a, a six-week gap between when we record the episode <laughs> and when we release the episode and when I'm given ample warning as to when the actual episode <laughs> will be released. Um, Men in Black International, uh, yep. Greta. Yep. And what was the other one we've got this week? I don't know. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. That's going to be tough. That's to a real Google tough Translate, one. like, proper names doesn't work yeah. so well. Also, you need to put in the Fast and Furious Presents bit as that's well. That's true. Because that's in a very important we'll part. We'll see. I'll have to anagram one of those and emoji one of those and then we translate Men in Black International, which mm. would be fun. Indeed. If you like artificially inflating the listen counts on various podcasts, how about you go and check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, our website, as I said, or anywhere else that you get podcasts from. I think that's about it. I think it is. Oh, oh. A quick shout out to the person that wrote us a review yeah, on iTunes. Nice review. I should probably check their name. But anyway, good job. Yeah. Thank you. It really helps out. And to be fair, we didn't even ask for this one on that's Know right. Who You Are. And we have no idea who you are. So thank you, mystery reviewer. Uh, we like the cut of your jib. <laughs> I checked it out personally. <laughs> All that remains this week is to thank you once again for listening. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.